Hi everybody, this is Crypto Rich working with you to get rich with crypto, filling our pockets with crypto profit. And in this video, I'm going to introduce you with you to Matthew, Matthew Spittle. He is the CTO of CDRX. And before I tell you who he is and what he does and what CDRX is, I want to let you know this is not financial advice. This is a sponsored video. Do your own due diligence and do not, do not, do not, do not invest any more than you can afford to lose. And also do not invest in a project just because I talk about it on my channel or because I invest in it. You need to check it out for yourself and make your own determination. All right. Okay. Good morning, Matthew. Morning. Um, what time is it? What time is it? It's seven o'clock. <laughs> And, <laughs> yes, really. <laughs> that's right. It's seven o'clock in the morning. We're both we both happen to be in London. This video was recorded a few days ago before we posted it, and um, it's beginning. So, Matthew, before you say what CDRX is, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your relevant background, please? Sure. So, um, my my background is, is largely in financial markets. Um, I've been working at a number of investment banks um, over the last fifteen. 17, 18 years, actually. Um, I've been in the likes of JP Morgan, Standard Charters, um, and uh, even American Express. Um, and I've been leading departments of technology departments um, and uh, all the while keeping my hand in with technology and uh, developing things myself in my own time. Um, and uh, mostly those, those technology departments were front office e-commerce. Um, so dealing with exchanges, uh, writing exchanges, um, and all those kind of things. So right. uh, yeah, very relevant technologies. Okay. So like writing trading exchanges sort of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I've, I've written a couple of um, exchange platforms, um, um, particularly at Standard Charters. Um, we, uh, we wrote the platform Straight to Bank Exchange, um, which is a very high-profile FX platform. Um, so very high high frequency as well, which is uh, also relevant in this this place. Okay, okay. What was the name of the exchange again? Straight to Bank Exchange S two B X. Wow! And for FX trading, spread betting, and that sort of stuff. No, it's, it's straight FX trading, not spread betting. Right. Okay. 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 But high frequency trade used by lots and lots of people it needs to be very yes. fast, very accurate. Deal with high exactly. volumes. Wow. Okay. All right. And then, and then you are the CTO for CDRX. So yes. How did that come about? And then, what does CDRX do? Okay. So, um, my my good colleague um, David Ward, um, who's our CEO, um, um, he gave me a shout earlier this year um, and said, "I've got this great idea," um, and uh, sent me the white paper. Um, to start with, I. Didn't really know what, what I was getting myself <laughs> about a page and a half through our 28 page white paper and had to say at that point I was just hooked I just said to him I have to be part of this yes sign me up straight away right um, what, what was it about that page and a half that struck you that you were like I gotta be in this um, I think it was not only the fact that it was um, something that I'd I had not seen um, seen before but once I did my own kind of research about uh, crypto uh, crypto securities, realised that the way that he was suggesting we do this was unique and, and distinct, way way more um, comprehensive than any of the other offerings that are out there, um, and, and realised that that it really had a, a shot of being the the securities platform out there. 
Okay, all right. And okay, and then this was your first encounter with blockchain, right? Um, well, no, not really. I've I've done a I've done a little bit of uh, investment of my own um, over the last few years. Um, I actually um, knew about Bitcoin way back in the very early days. Um, uh, the chats on the Linux kernel mailing list. Um, unfortunately, I was far too busy at work to actually doing anything about it. Despite thinking it was an amazing idea, and I should. Uh, get my PC switched on overnight. <laughs> um, so this was in the days of PC mining of Bitcoin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And you didn't this do it. Days, this was the days of, uh, you know, 2009. I could have left my PC on and probably got a couple overnight. Oh, um, my God. But, oh, you know, <laughs> it didn't, uh, didn't actually fulfill um, my uh, my thoughts on that one. Right. Right. No problem. No problem. Okay. And then, um, so what does CDRX do? Okay. So CDRX has a couple of um, uh, unique fi uh, features beyond other securities exchanges. But broadly speaking, CDRX is a platform on which you can trade securities uh, as blockchain tokens. Mm-hmm. And also um, underlying non-securitized products such as the normal Bitcoin, Ether, etc. Um, what makes us uh, unique is that uh, there are quite a few platforms out there that are being uh, promoted that will be trading new issued, uh, newly issued stock um, as Bitcoin. Uh, sorry, as um, blockchain tokens. We have a distinct change in this in the fact that not only are we able to support existing, sorry, new tokens and new issues, but we're also able to support um, existing issues using an innovative approach, which we're calling CDR, and that's hence the name CDRX. So what is a CDR? Mm. Um, ask. Actually, but, what is CDR? <laughs> there we go. So a CDR is actually a crypto depository receipt, and it's modelled on the American depository receipt, which is actually, strangely enough, a 90-year-old technology. So technology very loosely here, yeah. but it's your old legal structure whereby um, a depository bank or a trust will purchase stock and they will then issue that stock uh, elsewhere, maybe in another currency or another country. Um, and that allows people to invest um, cross-border, essentially. So the initial ones were offering, say, European stocks to the American investor, um, they would put the depository bank in the US would purchase that stock, and then they would issue um, the equivalent stock in do dollar denominated to U US investors. Whereas we're taking that concept and we're turning it into a blockchain token at the end of that. So the depository bank or trust takes the actually underlying stock, and then the investors can actually then invest in the underlying in, in the token. And the beauty of this is that they are legally one for one the same thing. So any of the rights um, of the underlying stock actually get passed straight through to the uh, the, the, older, the holder of the token. Okay, so let me so let me take this break this down right. And see if I understand this. But and by the way, uh, for those of you who are watching, just so you know, my background is in child protection social work. So a lot of what Matthew is saying is not my expertise or anything. But but the advantage of that is I want to break it down so I can understand it, because then, fingers crossed, it's understandable by a layperson. 
right? So you're saying the CDRX exchange is going to be able to exchange blockchain assets, new blockchain assets, or any and old blockchain assets, like a old and new. Okay, so and this would be blockchain to blockchain or blockchain to fiat. Um, we actually have a number of options there. Um, one of the crucial elements of uh, existing share trading is is a concept called clearing, whereby um, you're you're able to um, securely exchange um, cash for the actual asset. Um, so we'll be able to, uh, to we're, we're using a couple of different technologies in order to actually um, facilitate this. Yes, um, you, you could have uh, fiat, but but clearly. When you do fiat, there is a, a, a lag, a time lag associated with the settlement process. Um, so we're encouraging people to use either stable coins um, um, such as uh, Circle or USDT or something like that um, to actually do the trading, especially the ones that are dollar linked because many of the stocks we're going to be issuing uh, will be with dollar okay. uh, related. And therefore, it's easier to understand if you, if you buy Amazon with... $200 and you settle with a dollar pegged coin, you, you can understand a lot more easily how much you're settling for that in that coin. Okay, okay. So that, so I could, for example, use your exchange to purchase Bitcoin or Ethereum or Litecoin yeah. with fear yeah. or with using true USD as a gateway. Yes. Okay, stable coin. All right. And then you, what you're saying is I can also, I'll also be able to use your exchange to purchase stock issues like yes. Amazon share certificates, uh, Marks and Spencer share certificates. Exactly. Okay, now I'm beginning to understand it. And they're not the actual certificates. They're a CDR, a certificate of deposit repository. Something. <laughs> Crypto depository receipt. Crypto depository receipt. Okay. Yes. So I'll be able to use Bitcoin to purchase Amazon shares CDRs, and the CDRs are a derivative of the Amazon stock. Um. Well. Is that right? So, 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 the terminology of an ADR, which is essentially what we're modelling ourselves on, is that really is not a derivative as such because it really is legally one for one the same thing. Right. Okay. And, and therefore, uh, I mean, because it's not actually the underlying, it's, but it's heavily linked to the underlying, you could argue it's a derivative, but, but the reality is it, it's pretty much one and the same thing. Okay, now, are you able to, is there a risk of rehypothecation? So you know what that is, right? Where, no. The, for, where you could, just for the viewers to know, right, is where um, yeah. it, it happens a lot in the gold and silver markets. I've got one kilo of gold. And here's the certificate. So you give me one kilo of gold. I'm a custody bank. Here's the certificate. I give you the certificate, which is your claim on one kilo of gold. But then I go and print another certificate, which I sell to somebody else. And then I go and print another certificate, which I sell to somebody else. So I have many, many certificates for one kilo of gold. So yeah, that's, that's rehypothecation. Yeah, that's really a problem, right? But what we're doing is not that. Right. We're, we're saying that these um, these tokens are issued one for one for the underlying stock, um, and the actual underlying stock is then held in a, a trust or um, or in a depository bank. Okay. Uh, I mean, it, people can do their research on ADRs and they'll see how those work. Um, we're essentially replicating that, but instead of issuing uh, another instrument on another exchange, um, 
in traditional terms, we're issuing another token on our exchange. Right. Okay. And then, so so it's one for one. So you would then go and buy that stock. Yeah. And then you'd hold it in trust. Yes. Essentially, we'd hold. We we well, we wouldn't hold it ourselves. We would hold it. Uh, a trust would hold it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, or a depository bank, because you know we we can open up this um, to other issuers um, to actually issue on our platform for CDRs. There's, we don't have to be the sole issuer here. Right, right, okay, all right. And then the advantage of this is that with legacy deposit yeah. depository receipts, currency depository receipts, is that right? Uh, it's bound by national boundaries. But with you, you'll be able to go it's internationally. It's designed that way. It's designed very specifically to, to go across boundaries. But what we can do with this is clearly make them completely Um So American depository receipts are for American investors. They, they're in, in order to enable um, investment overseas to people who don't have access to exchanges overseas. Right, right. Okay, okay, okay. And then what you're able to do is do this internationally. Wherever, yes. Okay, and this is people need to do KYC to. Yeah. Oh yes. In this. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. We, we. I mean, we we come from a heavily regulated background ourselves, so you know this is only natural to us that that this needs to be done. Um, you know, source of funds and all those kind of things are a heavy um, emphasis in the, the stock market, and and we'll uh, we'll be regulated in essentially the same way. So um, we need to ensure that we have um, strict KYC involved in this process. Okay. Now, is it open to U.S. citizens? Um, so at the moment, uh, for our ICO, it's not because of the, the current um, uh, SEC uh, viewpoints and, and restrictions that are out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be engaging with the U.S. regulators in due course, but we're starting with the smaller regulators and working our way up essentially right and are there any other countries that are restricted um yeah so so at the moment um clearly china's also on that list and i think there's a couple of other um jurisdictions as well where we're, we're limiting ourselves but uh, it's really china and the us at the moment. okay and all that information will be on the website and yeah. I, no, all, all the information on the website and kept yeah. up to that yeah which i'll link to uh, in the description below all right now so i get some bitcoin and then I can use them to buy, say, Amazon stock or uh, like a German stock listed company or a UK stock listed company or an Italian stock listed company. Yeah. Yeah. Why would I do that? Why don't I just keep it in Bitcoin or Litecoin or something? So uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, look at all of the uh, look at all the headlines out there at the moment, right? Um, there's a lot of instability, and I think um, I think. There's there've been a, a lot of people who um, aren't aren't happy with that, but mm-hmm. but still want to make investments beyond you know the third of a percent that you're likely to get to your bank these days. But <laughs> um, likely to want a little more stability. This is a middle ground, right? Um, right. Market, stock markets um, is 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 that way, um, and and many people have been doing it for a long time. But this allows a lot smoother and a lot easier access to people. Um, and I think there's one point, one very key point here I want to emphasise, which is, you, you know, most of the uh, popular stocks these days are really expensive. You know, the likes of um, Amazon and uh, Google, Apple, you know, they're hundreds and hundreds of dollars each. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and, and uh, some of the some of the most high profiles, such as Berkshire Hathaway, which is obviously Warren Buffett's um, investment vehicle, um, that's trading at three hundred thousand dollars. That, that's a huge amount of money to for buy for, in for one share. For one share, three hundred thousand dollars. Wow. I mean, clearly, um, it's it's about that price because uh, they haven't done any stock splits over the years. I mean, when I started. Um, in a stockbroker, which is where I had my first job, mm. uh, $60,000 then, um, which was clearly a large amount of money. But now 300000 I mean, that's a house, right? So, um, or at least in London, it's a flat. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a, br- a broom cupboard in London. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my, my point is that um, we have a massive advantage here with crypto in the fact that you can uh, buy fractions of a, of a stock. Oh, and I can't, in, on, the, on the regular stock market, buy a fraction no, of a stock? No, on the regular stock market, you have to buy individual units. Right. You have this huge advantage in the fact that you can now buy 0.001 of Berkshire Hathaway, or you can buy... A dollar's a worth. ...share. Sorry? You can buy, say, a third of an Amazon share. Right, right, right. That would have been $2,000 otherwise. Um, so it opens it up to everyone and anyone. Okay, and then so, so I purchase I purchase a dollar's worth of Berkshire Hathaway, and I purchase a dollar's worth of Amazon, and I purchase a dollar's worth of Google and Facebook, yep. and uh, for good measure, um, British Petroleum, right? Yep. So let's say I get I get ten one dollar CD CDRs, right? Yeah. Now do I then put them in my wallet or do I keep them on your exchange? What happens? So you could do either of those, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, We will be offering um, our own custody services. Um, We we also will be, uh, you know, people can actually have them settle exactly to their own wallets. Um, There's there's many options there. Um, But uh, I think one of the key things from here is that there's a lot more to the functionality we're talking about here, Um, especially with the wallets um, and uh, what you can do with your shares once you own them um, because this is actually one of the other distinct features that we have um, beyond any of the other competitors in this marketplace is that we're looking to use smart contracts to actually service the life cycle of owning a share um, and I think many people may not be aware of this but simply owning a share isn't just like owning uh, Bitcoin um, there's a lot of things that come along with share ownership benefits and um, and also functions so one of those is dividends, mm-hmm. for example. So I think most people would would, um, would understand what a dividend is, but let me explain. So sure. this is when a share uh, issuer, um, say let's pick Amazon, gets to the end of the quarter, they will issue some um, some uh, dividend checks to the uh, owners of that stock, um, which may pay, um, say, $50 per share. And this is essentially... Um, then paying the shareholders some of the profit, a share of the profit. Um, and um, the problem with that is that there's, there's a lot of overhead to actually processing dividends. Um, I mean, you think about these physical shares, um, checks that get sent all the way over the world. I mean, I have a, a couple of American shares. Mm. I get $20 checks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. I get a $20 check every quarter. <laughs> It costs you twenty dollars to cash it. 
Well, fifteen pounds. So pretty much, yes. Yeah, cost fifteen pounds on my bank to actually cash that check. So I almost all of my dividends because I, it costs me to, to to cash that, which is horrific. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a large benefit of actually picking that stock is actually getting the dividends. So. There's a there's a lot of paperwork involved. I mean, you you actually will see that many people like myself don't cash that check mm. for a couple of years and then get a big check in one go and then cash that in one in one sitting. So that it's actually worthwhile cashing it. But even then, you still lose that fifteen or twenty pounds actually cashing that check. Um, so it, it's quite quite a ridiculous setup to be honest. But on the issuer side, they end up having to pay somebody to chase you to actually cash that check. They have to send the check out to themselves. But this is only one of the functions. It gets worse than this in the fact that um, as an owner of a share, you then have rights to vote on AGM items mm. for that share, um, which then means sending out voting ballot forms. And that can be on a fairly regular basis as well. Um there are concepts of, uh, say, rights issues as well, where you might give your existing shareholders the right to buy additional stock at a set price. All of these things are incredibly intensive and require huge back office staff to actually process all of these on a on a fairly regular basis. So large companies, you know, like Microsoft or IBM, could be spending somewhere around sort of twenty million dollars a year just on servicing these kind of needs. So it's actually quite compelling um, for, for those people, for those companies to, to issue um, either CDRs or, or native uh, crypto shares because the costs go down dramatically wow. for them. Okay, then, now that's quite something. So then let's say I buy one Amazon share and Amazon are issuing $50 dividend every quarter for the 2018 year. So what yep. would happen is I would get fifty dollars worth of true USD dropped into my. Wallet. Right. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be issuing um, dividend tokens. Um, they they unique and distinct, but they are essentially stable, like stable coins, because they are representing an underlying uh, dollar value or um, euro value or whatever else it might be, and those can be um, cashed in either against a stable coin, against fiat, or um, as you do m many times with the stock market, is actually you can get that reinvested in the stock that you've purchased. And here's another um, kind of quite, quite elegant um, thing behind this, is that you can buy fractions of a share with your dividends. So that $50, mm -hmm. if you choose to reinvest it, you can buy a fraction of an Amazon share. So you'll increase your stock. Whereas... Otherwise, your investment would, would not add up enough to buy another share. Right, right. It's of Amazon where you've got $50 dividends, but a $2,000 cost to buy a share. Right, okay. And, the, okay, so this that would work like a script dividend, which I had many years ago when I had stocks, oh, is that okay. they just, instead of paying me the dividend, I wrote out an instruction for them to use that money to buy more shares. Yes, exactly, exactly. Okay, now this is very, very interesting because then this is, is. passive income dropping into my wallet without yep. me. And is is it a is it a push mechanism like the payments just get dropped into my wallet, or do I got to pull it towards me? So we're gonna have options depending on um, on how you've got your wallet set up. But um, 
But I mean, ultimately, it, it could be either. Okay, all right. And then w- the the range of uh, equities or stock or whatever you know investments. What can I invest in? Is it just the major stock exchanges? Will you say? Do you say which ones? What about commodities and other? I don't know I'm derivatives and things for the moment. Um, but certainly for, for stocks, there's there's no no real limit to this. Um, it, it's really based on um, priorities. Uh, you know, we we need to uh, we need to go through a process of, of uh, turning over capital to actually purchase the stock and then um, then sell that back on our exchange as a CDR. Right. Um, but but the reality is that you know as we get one tranche filled, we can go on and do another one and. Um, we're offering offering people the, um, the the right to to, to vote depending on um, how many of our utility tokens they hold um, on uh, which next issues might be of interest to them. Um, clearly, we're going to start with the ones that um, grab all the headlines, the likes of Amazon and Google and Apple and all those guys. Um, but uh, in, in, in those in those instances, the ones that are more difficult to purchase because they're larger in price as well. Right, and and then um, and then moving on to other ones as well, where you know international borders might be challenging um, about the process of purchasing. Um, but yeah, the, there really is no limit. I mean, there's six hundred trillion dollars worth of um, of assets across securities, bonds, and derivatives. So we, we've got a we've got a large number of things we can do there. Uh, as it stands at the moment, commodities are on, on our list, but uh, there's nothing stopping that happening uh, way down in the future. But our, our priority is to start with traditional stocks and shares. Okay, traditional stocks and shares. And I imagine initially it would be limited to the larger stock exchanges, so I'm not going to get something off, I don't know, the non-pen uh, stock exchange or Bulawayo. <laughs> well, it, 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 again, it's about priorities. So if, if there's um, a particularly... Uh, interesting stock um, that has a particularly a high profile um, and it gets enough in, in um, investment intention in our uh, community. Uh, I wouldn't rule it out, but uh, my gut feel is that that would take time for us to get round to that. Right. Okay. All right, Nate. So then, how does the token economy work in all of this? Right. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I mentioned it vaguely before, but we mm. are issued a utility token. Um, that that's our, our ICO is underway. Um, we, we've recently started that. Um, the tokenomics of that are, I believe, quite quite interesting and um, very well thought out. Um, David, our CEO, has, uh, has designed this. Um, in in essence, we have uh, um, tokens which are are being issued to power the exchange, much like a lot of the other crypto exchanges do, to be honest. Um, the, the, the tokens are being used to pay for um, transaction fees, but clearly when you're dealing with uh, stocks and shares, there are many, many other fees, such as listing fees and um, uh, the, the, the corporate, um, uh, corporate actions fees, um, such as actually stock splits, uh, which I need to come to because... That's now largely irrelevant in in the days of crypto now. Mm-hmm. Uh, rights issues, paying dividends, um, and and all of those kind of things besides voting, etc. Um, so so there's many uses for for our token. Um, the other interesting thing, I suppose, to, to kind of uh, 
help people realize that there's there's a lot of value in this and a lot of motivation for us to keep the value of our token at, at a good level is the fact that the majority of our staff well our staff will be paid um largely in utility token mm -hmm. so there's a lot of incentive for us to instill value um in that token um there's um there's also tiered rewards um based on uh, how much uh, you've invested um, in the utility token. Um, uh, again, I think uh, much like uh, other exchanges, there'll be discounts um, on transaction fees depending on how much of that token you hold and for over what period. Um, um, and, and also um, other um, other benefits such as the um, involvement in voting rights for which uh, sorry, which security tokens we want to get issued next, um, and access to uh, various different levels of market data, and all those kind of things as well. So it, there's there's a there's a lot of that. It's actually in the white paper in quite a lot of detail. There's a very nice, uh, neat table in, in there that shows okay. that. Okay. And then will you be doing uh, token burns? Um, so the terminology is uh, a little lost on me. So, um, so what a token burn is, is, for example, you issue 10 million tokens. Yes. They're out there, right? And then what you do is every quarter you might use, say, 25% of your quarterly profits to buy back the tokens on the market and then send them to a wallet to which no one has a private key. Perhaps right. my That's wallet, it. right? But what it does, it increases the value of the remaining tokens because it increases the scarcity so this is essentially a share buyback um yeah which is which is also something that we're going to need to uh, instill in what we're doing um on the share side um this is this is at the moment um not not something that we've got on the table but i wouldn't certainly not rule that out um we uh, we believe that the tokenomics stand stand up well themselves, um, and the demand for the tokens is going to be so high because the the breadth of our marketplace is far broader than any of the other exchanges out there. I mean, let's look at the market cap that you have of, of um, um, tokens today. Mm -hmm. um, um, so just cryptocurrencies generally. It, it's in the, the hundreds of billions, if I remember rightly, yeah, last time. Yeah, I looked yesterday. It was about $220 billion. 220. I was going to say 200. A little bit more. Yeah, 220. Yeah. But if you compare that now to um, to the uh, the marketplace for um, for shares, um, uh, bonds and derivatives, we're talking $600 trillion. So you can see that that's not, not only three orders of magnitude, but then three times larger as well. It, this is this is a huge marketplace. Um, therefore, we, we we consider that the transaction fees um, will need to be powered. We don't we don't want to starve the supply to such a degree that actually people can't even trade. Yeah. Um, that 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 is a real risk um, if you get to that point um, because there there are so many uh, invested individuals, um, so many players. Um, and, and also, there is incentive for people to hold large volumes of coin as well. Um, if you look at our tiered rewards, you'll see um, there are there are rewards for people on ten million coins, for example. So it, it's um, it's advantageous for us to keep a, a liquid supply. Um, but you know, we will review that if it, if the supply is is too broad. Sure. Okay. So then, I, so I, I invest after doing my due diligence, reading the white paper, checking it all out. I take a little bit of Bitcoin, enough that I'm willing to lose, no more, 
Yep. I'm not going to mortgage my house, right? No, exactly. Or my children for this or anything, right? But the, the other way, I was, I was saying to somebody, it's like, what am I willing to put in that I can forget about? Like, I just don't need, yeah. don't need access to it. If the price plummets, it's not a problem for me, yeah. right? That I can just lock away. Um, and then if it all tanks and goes to nothing, not a problem. Yeah? That much, yeah. whatever that is. So then I buy the utility tokens during the ICO. Then once you launch, which, which will be when? When is the, platf the trading platform, the exchange due to open? So we've um, we're in a, we're in our beta period. We're just starting that now. Um, is it a public is a, beta? Not open. No, it's a closed beta. Okay. Closed beta. Um, we are going to review that, um, and uh, we we're talking about opening it to select partners um, at some point during this quarter as well. There are a few people who've been um, nagging us on the institutional side to try and uh, try and have a look in, um, but um, the actual opening of the platform will actually be in Q1 next year. Um, uh, that being said, and um, David's, uh, David's very keen uh, to, to point this out on every opportunity. We are actually ahead of schedule. Um, I, I don't want <laughs> to myself up too much for that because clearly I'm heavily involved as CTO in actually developing this platform, but it is going really well. Um, right. we, we, have a, we have a demo video already on our YouTube channel. Um, showing uh, the exchange ticking away at uh, quite a fast rate. Um, it's actually been slowed down because it blurred the video when we tried it the first time. Um, wow. uh, we'll be drip feeding uh, videos over the coming weeks of functionality that's on the platform so people can see that it's, uh, it's there and working. Um, but yeah, we, 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 we want to make sure that this is industrial grade before we, uh, we push it out to the public. Sure. And when, when, when roughly is it slated to open, to start trading? Um, it's towards the end of Q1. Um, okay. So sort of March next year, essentially. Um, the, the first phase technically is, is our cryptocurrency trading, mm -hmm. so non-securitized. Um, but we are looking um, to, uh, to, to do the ADR, sorry, CDR functionality as well. The, the problem we have there is clearly the regulation. Um, we need to ensure that we have regulators on board before we actually offer that. Um, we do. We are currently in discussion with a number of regulators, though, and we've got confidence that we will have at least one um, a regulatory approval um, by that point. Okay. Now, I know you're based in London, but the team isn't. Is it, a, is it like a UK regulatory-based um, exchange? No, no. For now, um, the UK regulator is is um, is on a list, but it, it's it's not near the top. We're looking at starting with the small to medium sized jurisdictions, mm -hmm. um, ones who um, who well, let me put it like this: ones who don't have the uh, the threat of Brexit hanging out. Clearly, the UK regulators are rather busy at the moment, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> so. I wouldn't want to bother them with, bother them with this, um, but but we will be we will be talking at length with them. Um, we, it is such thoroughly our our, uh, our intent to talk to, to all regulators in due course. Um, but for now, we're we're looking at talking with um, uh, some smaller regulators. Um, uh, there is there is a, a concept of um, uh, kind of cross border coordination between regulators as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're looking to utilise that as well. So, so the point being, for example, um, once you've got uh, 
some, some regulation within Europe, um, the whole of Europe is then opened up. Right. Um, uh, this kind of equivalence concepts. Um, uh, the, the equivalence follows a, um, a number of different places across the world. So, so we'll be looking to utilise that as well because clearly, you know, talking to every single regulator in the world is going to be a challenging thing to do. However, clearly we're going to make sure we comply with um, all, all and every regulation as needed. Sure. Okay. And then will you be listing cryptocurrencies? Like, you know, yeah. like say, look, I've just launched my ICO. I've tokenized myself, right? And now I want to list on your exchange. Are you yeah. going to ask me for 4 million Bitcoin to list? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so um, clearly without giving... Uh, too much commercial sensitivity <laughs> away here. Um, there, there will be a process that needs to be gone through right. uh, in a, yeah, a listing of a cryptocurrency on our exchange, um, and um, our, our CTO is keep, sorry, our CEO is, is keeping that close to his chest at the moment. Um, uh, but but yeah, I mean, we, we will be listing other currencies. Um, it's advantageous for us to, to to push a large number of currencies on there. So you know the the uh, the commercials around that will be set appropriately. Sure. Right? Uh, we, we don't, um, I, I know there's a, a lot of press about this at the moment, um, about people probably making more money um, from from the listings than the other people are making, having their coins listed on there. Because it's a very uh, difficult, expensive process to write a few lines of code. <laughs> it's quite ridiculous, considering most of the 20 tokens, the, the, the integration is... Yeah, as you say, is not actually a huge amount of effort. Yes. Um, sorry, sorry, Matthew. I don't know if you heard that, but a neighbour's Harley. I'm staying at a friend's in 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 London, and every morning around this time, they go off in a Harley Davidson. So anyway, you were saying about. <laughs> you listen very carefully. You can probably hear my family having breakfast. I actually can't hear them. <laughs> They're eating very silently. All right. Sorry. So you were saying that, that given something about like how high the fees can be compared to the amount of work <laughs> and the cost well, of yeah, that work. The amount of work, but the actual value that the um, that the issuer of the, the, the cryptocurrency actually gets out of listing their currency on there. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's got to be something which is balanced and, and appropriate. Right? Sure. And, and there's no charge, I suppose, for listing any stocks because all you do is you go to the appropriate stock exchange, purchase the stock, hold it in... in um, in trust and then sell depository receipts against that. Okay, so I'm going to be careful here. So we we will be doing a lot of that ourselves. So clearly, if we charge ourselves fees, that's zero sum, right? There's there's no no point to charging ourselves fees. Um, right. It, it's it, um, putting it from a left to a right pocket. Um, but um, there there will be some degree of uh, a listing fee for uh, other companies doing that um clearly we want liquidity on our platform though uh, we want stocks on our platform so again it's going to pro be priced appropriately it's not going to be extortionate it's going to be um, at a reasonable level um, okay uh, i mean issuers um are going to have a lot of incentive here because what they're doing is they're opening the door to far more investment you know to, to whole new channels of investment so we suspect that in many cases people who issue um say their own Company CDR onto mm. our platform may increase the value of their stock on the traditional market. 
as well. Um, and we do expect, um, although to start with, there may be some differences in pricing, largely the, the two, um, uh, the, the underlying share and the crypto version of it should largely track with each other because, because legally they are one and the same. Right. Okay. And then is there an independent audit? Is there a way of checking that you actually have the assets that you're issuing CDRs on? Um, we have not got a, a verified process for that at the moment, but clearly we, we want to create one. Uh, there, there's no point in us um, you know, stating that this, this is backed by something and, and it not. I mean, that, that breaks our business model straight away. You know, it breaks all trust. So, so having that verified, I think, is, um, is a very good thing for us to do. Um, I suspect we'll end up working with, say, one of the big four or something like that to have some sort of um, seal of approval. So, yes, you do indeed have that stock held in trust. Right, right, okay, because that would Clearly, be important. Clearly, if we have other issuers, um, you know, there are many ADR issuers out there we'd, we'd be very happy to talk to. Mm -hmm. um, then um, they, their existing process speaks for itself. Um, so, I mean, there, there, are, there are legal documents around all of that kind of stuff, but we'd be willing to talk to them about issuing CDRs clearly as well. Okay. And then the, will I be able to use the utility tokens to purchase those CDRs, to purchase cryptos? I suppose you could. Um, I, personally, I keep onto our CDRX tokens, but uh, yeah, I suppose you could. Okay. And, and to get to the benefits, I'm just required to hold them in the wallet? I'm not required to cash them in on anything? No, to, to hold them in the wallet essentially to be to be the the uh, the owner of the the CDRX tokens. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good. All right. Uh, let me see. Let me see. It, now scalability issues, because we said right at the beginning the exchanges that you set up before very very high volumes, very fast yes. transactions, high frequency yeah. trading. So what about with how are you going to address that with this exchange? That's uh That's it. Um. Glad you teed that one up for me. That's, <laughs> that's your expertise, I mean, right? <laughs> no, this is this is my this is my bread and butter. Is building high frequency exchanges. So I, I'm, in fact, this is really exciting for me. I have to I have to confess. You know, I at heart I'm a technologist. Although through much of my career I've been doing a lot of management. Um, I love building fast, efficient technology. Right. Uh, been working on on this and doing some benchmarking recently and. And I say it really is running so fast. It, it's it's kind of ridiculous how fast it's running. Um, uh, on on the exchange itself, we're getting somewhere between four and ten microseconds for for a um, for a deal done, um, and that's uh, per currency. So you can scale that up quite quite dramatically as well. Um, uh, you know, there really is no no limit apart from. Uh, you know, network infrastructure as to, to how much we can potentially handle here. Now, is uh, this an ERC20 token running on the... Yeah, I know where you're going with this question as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do you do that? So, so, so there's two sides to this. One is actually clearly the exchange itself and, and how you end up processing transactions on the exchange um, and processing orders as those come through. Those are far more high frequency than the actual settled trades. Okay. So, you know, as many of these exchanges, you'll, you'll, you know, you see people updating their price on the exchange maybe 10, 20 times a second. Um, certainly in the FX market, that is far from unusual. Mm -hmm. And we're building to that scale. 
then you have the settlement side. Yes, then you hit the blockchain and you actually have to settle these transactions. You have to send it from wallet A to wallet B, etc. Yes, with ERC-20, we do have limitations. So I do appreciate that. Um, however, I would state that although our utility token is ERC-20, we haven't yet stated anywhere publicly what our, um, our stock tokens will be in. Um, and I don't really want to share where that is at the moment, but needless to say, conversations are ongoing um, with that. Um, and we are, how should we say, waiting with bated breath to see how um, all the sharding work um, with, with uh, Ethereum goes and how well that scales, because clearly the, the current capacity is far from ideal. Yeah. Um, um, it's okay. not just about the capacity of the of the network, though. There are also, you know, the features of the network too, um, how the smart contracts function, um, and we're we're going through. Although we've although we've proved out that they work, we we want to do comparative analysis with other chains as well to see. And can you say um, which ones you're looking at? Um, probably ought not to share that actually. But, <laughs> okay, but, All right, no harm in asking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, Honestly, I will leave your uh, your viewers to guess as to the chains there might be out there that, that might be uh, suitable for. But there are there are there's a handful, shall we okay. say, that, that that might be suitable. All right, very good, very good. And you said uh, currencies. Would I be able to purchase currencies? You mean cryptocurrencies? No, yeah. no fiat currencies. The way on an FX exchange you can like dollar dollar pound. Would I be yeah, able to trade those? Exactly. Is dependent on um, uh, gateways to settlement systems in in the local currencies. Right. Um, so that that will take some time. Um, uh, I mean, you can see how some of the other exchanges have taken their time to get round to doing that thing. There's some very high profile um, examples of that. Um, that's because it, it's not easy. The banking system um, is uh, how should we say? Um, slow being slow to adopt this so so we, we need to we need to basically work along with them but we we think we've got distinct advantages here because clearly we're, we're coming from a banking background we know how these things work um and, and also because of the i think emphasis we're placing on regulation we should give a lot of people comfort um and hopefully the, the banks will be a lot um, a lot more amenable to us because of that Okay, right. in regulation are at the forefront of everything that we've done in the past and will continue to be going forward. They have to be. Um, sure. You know, the particularly regulators here are um, in this, this security space are there to protect the investor. I mean, that is their primary role is to protect the investor. And I think it would be churlish of us to say that protecting the investor is a bad thing. It's not. Clearly, it's a good thing. Yes. Okay, very good. All right, let's go into the, the soft cap and hard cap. And details of the sale and the cost of the tokens and all of this will be in the description below if you have any questions or comments please put them in the description below um, <clears throat> and uh, we shall get them addressed so you're in the pre-sale right now we are okay and when does that end so we, we don't actually have a hard date for when the pre-sale is ending and um, we've got a lot of interest and we want to clearly clear that up before we uh, we move on um, it's um, it's likely to be um, early November. Mm -hmm. uh, the indication I'm being given uh, from David. However, I, I can't put any definite definites on that. Sure, sure. And do you know something? 
Matthew, I can understand that. I know a lot of projects have had have had extended token sales because of the bear market. People are reluctant, which is, in a way, it's completely understandable. Completely understandable because you know, people, I suppose, the non-sophisticated investor, and I include myself in this, right, do not want to buy because it looks like it's dead and flatlining and nothing's ever going to go up. We're just looking at short-term time frames. However, the sophisticated investor, uh, like yourselves, and Warren Buffett, the way you make, I, say, I heard an interview, Amir Ness, who's um, appeared in the, on my channel, and uh, Mark Yalagar of Global Coin Report, and they were discussing that when fortunes are made in bear markets, I think that's what Warren, Warren Buffett did, bought up, yeah. In uh, yeah. when stocks were really, really cheap, the Rothschilds made their money when the London Stock Exchange had crashed after the Battle of Waterloo or something. Yeah. They bought it all up then. So fortunes are made in bear markets. So that's just a note. Now, you still got to do your own due diligence, right? But, but, but going back to what I'm saying, I can understand extending the stock sale because people are reluctant. However, for the wise and savvy investor to start looking at, okay, this has long-term potential, because stock markets aren't going to disappear. Cryptocurrencies aren't going to be disappear. And to be able to buy both, and to be able to buy a fraction, if I could buy $1 worth of Berkshire Hathaway, and then maybe in a couple of years' time that was worth $50, that'd be worth it. <clears throat> and then I'm hedging, I'm hedging um, my cryptocurrency investments with, uh, say, precious metal investments and also with traditional stocks or real estate. So there's, I, I think there's value in hedging. Okay, so excuse me, so we don't know. Now, how much are the tokens? So they're being sold for 50 cents. 50 cents, and payable with? Um, with fit currency or um, Ether or Bitcoin. Okay, so with fit, so dollars, pounds, euros? Yeah, yeah, um, basically, um, uh, I mean, I, I don't have a full list from Sure, from our, but certainly the main ones, right? Ones, but it's, uh, yeah, it's major fiat currencies, um, but you know, if you if you uh, if you inquire, I'm sure they can tell you. We we probably will list that for you guys. Um, things you pointed out. Okay, good. And I'll have it like uh, the Telegram links and the Medium article links and everything, right? Thank you, now, Matthew. Is there anything else you want to say to people? Anything we haven't covered that you think is important? Um, I I can't think of anything in particular. We've had a we've had a very good conversation. Yes, um, it's like an audiovisual white paper. <laughs> It certainly is. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I'm, I just wanted to kind of say I, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about this technology. I mean, I, I think we're, we're going from uh, one generation of, of uh, blockchain um, with, the, with, the, with the cryptocurrencies and the utility tokens and moving into a whole new realm now. And it's, um, it's almost like the transition to the Web 2 or the Web 3 for me. It yeah. feels like... This is this is a natural evolution, and it feels like uh, much like where it took until Web two until a lot of these companies actually started um, no, really having solid, stable businesses. Mm. It feels like you know we're we're kind of delving into that, um, and, and we have the backing here of clearly this being a traditional stock trading business. Mm. You know, this this is the equivalent of something which exists today and does very well today. Um, it just happens that we're doing this with a exciting um, new technology, and I say 
say new advisedly because clearly now we're uh, we're sort of nine ten years into blockchain world. Um, but uh, no, this 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 feels to me um, really like the the most appropriate application of of the of the blockchain. Um, and okay. um, you know we're excited to bring that to people because it opens new doors for for many people to you know those investments which they just couldn't purchase before. Okay, okay, very good. And there's something else, Matthew. So it's not just the evolution of cryptocurrency, right, in moving into the traditional legacy business, right? The, the, you know, I'm thinking a year ago, there were so few wallets, like personal, individual wallets. And now there's dozens of them I can't keep up, right? And there were yeah. so few exchanges. Poloniex and Bitrix were the biggest, and now where are they, right? There's so many more exchanges, so a lot yeah. more infrastructure. So that's evolving. But there's also an evolution the other way. I would imagine 30 years ago or in the early 70s, when our parents wanted to buy share certificates off the London Stock Exchange, right? If they had five million in the bank, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was all done by pen and paper and by post. Yes. I remember when there was yeah. the wave of privatization in the, in the early 80s. Yes. Right? Privatizing all the utility companies and everything. It was all done by pen and paper. And then the internet comes well, along. And then you can start doing it digitally through the internet. And now yes. you're going to be able to purchase stocks you, with an integration of blockchain technology, which will bring all the benefits that the blockchain brings, which is the reduction yeah. of friction, the, secure, the security, the immutability, the, the ease of transaction. And also, like you said, I could buy $1 worth of Berkshire Hathaway certificates. Were I minded to do so? <laughs> I think I think you should buy a bit more than. You, than you, do you reckon? Oh, that's the other thing. Do you give? So you said, is there information available on the website? You know, once the exchange goes live, that I'll be able to look into the past performance of this particular stock and get some insight about their annual report or anything. Do you offer any of that? We, we will be for sure. Um, I think to start with, though, our focus is clearly on the function of the exchange uh, and getting that up and running. Uh, you know, much of the uh, the utility token um, sale is actually going to be going into development, um, and and one of those is going to be around providing uh, providing information, um, graphing, and all of that kind of stuff. The stuff which is ancillary to the primary function of the exchange, which is actually clearly getting those stocks on there. Allowing you to trade them and and uh, settle them, etc. Great. Um, we're looking to to create a full strength industrial solution with broad coverage of functions. Okay, very good, very good. And sorry, and, and I, I didn't ask you this earlier, but the soft cap and the hard cap, what are they? So the hard cap is a hundred million dollars, um, and soft cap is five million dollars. That's a really large hard cap, hundred million dollars. I think it, it is, but. Do bear in mind that... Um, You're going to buy a lot of Berkshire Hathaway shares, right? Well, I mean, there is an advantage here, right, in, in the fact that the, the high hard cap can can allow us to turn over these stocks at a, at a high, fast rate, right. you know. So so there, there's there's advantages to, to that high hard cap. Yes, because if, if it was... No, let me check. If it was a $3 million hard cap, you'd only be able to buy 10 Berkshire Hathaway shares. Yeah, I mean, it essentially, it allows us the freedom to not necessarily rely on um, uh, CDR issuance partners um, to get this moving, basically. Right. Okay, all right, very good. And and do we have a date for when the main sale will end, or is that open-ended? You'll let us know. Yeah, we don't have any dates as yet, um, but, but yeah, I mean... 
Okay. We're hoping. So. Okay. Well, as possible, clearly. Yes. Well, Matthew, soon come. Any moment now. Any moment now. Bitcoin's going to break out, and hopefully in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, people will be gripped by FOMO and they'll be throwing their Bitcoin and ETH at you. That'll be very useful. <laughs> That'll be very useful. All right, Matthew, anything else you want to say that we haven't covered? Um, no, I mean, I, I think um, I think the uh, the cost savings, um, I think, speak for themselves. Uh, I mentioned all of the functions that the, the, the issuer um, of the, uh, the stock um, will save money on. And we're talking potentially you know, 20 million a quarter they'd end up saving. So... Pushing pushing their their shares onto our platform is just common sense. Yeah. Uh, I think liquidity will just build and build, um, and I think we talked about here being having um, CDR partners. I think in time they'll be running rushing at us um, just to save their money. Yeah, yeah, very good, very good. Be the place. Yes, the, there is something else where you're democratizing traditional stock investment that I can go in and buy a dollar's worth. Or ten dollars yeah. worth, perhaps if I take 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 the hint. <laughs> not financial <laughs> advice. It's not, it's not advice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, you know, this this opens it to everyone and anyone, and and that really is uh, you know uh, a big thing for us. I mean, um, you know, it is an exclusive game at the moment, and I don't see why it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, Matthew. Thank you so much. Uh, if you're watching and listening, please uh, comments, questions in the description below. Is this something that you're interested in? How many dollars worth of Berkshire Hathaway shares would you buy? Um, and uh, I'll have all the links in the description below to so the white paper, the website, the Telegram group, the Medium. Do check it out. Do your own due diligence. Do investigate. And then after, then decide whether you're going to um, invest in this or not. And between myself, uh, Crypto Rich and Crypto Matthew, please keep filling your pockets with crypto profits. All the best. Bye-bye.